This audio is brought to you by Business Radio, powered by Wharton. From the campus of the Wharton School in San Francisco, this is Bay Area Ventures on Business Radio, powered by the Wharton School. Here's your host, Chris Sakalakis. Hello and welcome to Bay Area Ventures on SiriusXM's Business Radio, powered by the Wharton School. I'm Chris Sakalakis, and I'm thrilled to be hosting the show this evening. I am a proud Wharton undergraduate alum and have worked as an executive in the Bay Area technology area for the last 22 years. I ran Subhub for eight years and was most recently an entrepreneur in residence at Benchmark Capital. Coming up on today's show, we have two incredible entrepreneurs and leaders, and they also happen to be friends, so that's, that's another bonus. Uh, first, I'll be speaking with Kara Golden. She's the CEO and founder of Hint's Water. Hint makes incredibly popular, naturally flavored water that is helping break America of its sugar habit. And in our second hour, I'll be joined by Andre Haddad, CEO of Turo. We'll talk about how Turo is disrupting the car rental industry by letting people rent out their own cars and providing a better experience doing so. If you're just joining us for the first time, Bay Area Ventures is all about the world of entrepreneurship, startups, and venture capital in the San Francisco Bay Area. The show broadcasts live every Monday at 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern, and re-airs again throughout the week. If you're interested in joining the conversation tonight or have a question for me or one of my guests, our phone lines are open. Please call us at 1-844-WHARTON. That's 1-844-942-7866. So I'm thrilled to welcome uh, our very first guest here, Kara Golden, who joins me in the studio. Kara uh, is a friend, and uh, we're in uh, YPO together. That's Young Presidents Organization. Um, more importantly, she's the founder and CEO of Hint Water. Hint makes a line of naturally flavored waters, including a carbonated line and a caffeinated line, Hint Kick. Uh, and they all have no sugar added. Uh, she's been named one of Fortune's most powerful women entrepreneurs and one of Forbes' 40 women to watch over 40, which is a little cruel. They, they put your <laughs> age in there. Uh, <laughs> usually they're under something. Uh, before starting Hint in 2005, she was vice president of shopping and e-commerce at AOL. Kara. Thank you so much for joining me today. Yeah, absolutely. So excited to be here. Yeah, this is awesome. Uh, you know, when I started thinking about guests, I thought this would be so great to have you on because I know, obviously, you, you've, you've talked a lot to a press, but you have such an incredible story. So let's start a little bit at the beginning before we get to talking about Hint. Uh, tell us a little bit about where you're from and where you grew up. Yeah, so I grew up in uh, Scottsdale, Arizona, and I, uh, I always joke about uh, my time in, in Scottsdale. So my dad, I, I was born in, in Minneapolis and, and my dad decided in, in, uh, the, uh, very, uh, early seventies that it was like time to move to Arizona and, uh, stop shoveling snow. So I was last of five kids. It was like a, he was just like, I'm out. So when I moved to Arizona, I mean, it was less than a hundred thousand people in the Phoenix Scottsdale area and lived, uh, just, uh, right right uh below Camelback Mountain there and and uh yeah it was it was a great place to grow up and um and basically just uh continued to live there uh actually ended up going to school there in Arizona I was a gymnast uh and uh and then right after school decided that I was actually going to write and I uh 
really wanted to get a job uh, writing, and, and I had taken some, I was a communications journalism major at, at uh, Walter Cronkite School of Communications at ASU, and, um, but I had a minor in finance and was really uh, excited about sort of what I had learned in finance, but basically uh, had thought that there was this, uh, there was this magazine called Fortune that I had followed uh, significantly. They're one of the ones that honored you, right? And uh, yeah, and so uh, I thought, you know, here's here's an editor that really knows how to get through to everybody to help them understand the basics of finance. And I uh, just decided that I was going to go and get a job. Uh, the guy's name is Marshall Loeb. Um, and uh, so I ventured outside of Arizona, got on a plane and ended up, going to New York, and, and uh, this was before there was security, you know, at the Time, uh, time Life building, and <laughs> I just walked up to the HR department, and I just said, you know, I'm really obsessed with Fortune for the following reasons, and uh, anyway, didn't end up getting a job actually there, but I decided that the uh, Fortune was actually on the 12th floor, and there was a job on the 14th floor <laughs> that was in circulation, <laughs> and I thought eventually I'll, I'll end up getting to the 12th floor, uh-huh. and uh, I never did, but I got to know um, lots of people, and, and uh, anyway, it was, it was probably one of the best decisions I've ever made. I'm sure we'll get into this later, but you know, I talk about it now that uh, you know, circulation in the magazine industry is yeah. like not the sexiest sort of area to be in. It's really about how do we get more people to subscribe to the magazine and you get these offers sent out to you and those annoying little blow-in inserts inside magazines and how do we get people to actually sign up and buy. And so I worked on the team cross-title at Time Inc. Publications, which was not just Fortune, but also Time and Sports Illustrated and People and lots of other magazines. And, And so... Basically, I, I worked uh, in this in this group, and uh, at it, you know initially as an executive assistant, and then I moved my way into sort of a management position, and then I was asked to uh, to uh, run this like little division called airline circulation, and so uh, they used to put copies of magazines on board airlines. Oh, right, and like a, um, like a sample. Yeah, and so. Uh, and so I ran it cross-title for all these different publications, and I got to know all the publishers from all the magazines because it ends up that if you have uh, certain levels of distribution for subscriptions, you can actually charge X amount more for advertising. Wow. So I got to know all the publishers and all the ad directors. And then uh, actually one day I got a call uh, from... Uh, Ted Turner's office, who was at CNN, mm-hmm. and uh, he, uh, his assistant said, hey, uh, we understand that you're running the airline circulation. Would you be interested in talking to us a little bit about, you know, airline circulation? And I thought, aren't you guys like a cable network <laughs> that is, you know, at that time, maybe like, you know, 40% of households had cable. I'm totally dating myself now. It was uh, the early... This before the first Gulf War, right? Yeah, so early 90s, right? And so I I said, of course I know what CNN is. It's like, even though I'm only making $24,000 a year in, you know, magazines, I I know what it is because I don't get home before 6 o'clock at night. So, and I try to get to bed before 10. And so... I've got cable and I can actually watch CNN anytime I want to actually understand what's going on in the world. So I went in and talked uh, to uh, 
Ted and his team, and they had this idea to launch uh, monitors inside airports. And so they uh, wanted to know how do we actually get these monitors in airports, but also how do we actually target business travelers with advertising. And so here I am, this you know, 22-year-old girl from Arizona who's like having these conversations with you know this guy that was like larger than life. I didn't really even realize that he was larger than life at that time. I I actually was really really interested and intrigued because he was married to Jane Fonda, <laughs> and I was like so you know thinking okay I'm gonna figure out a way to meet to meet Jane along the way and. Uh, Anyway, I got a job offer, and then uh, the wow. Gulf War rolled around shortly after we got our first monitor into um, into uh, uh, JFK. JFK and Logan were our first airports, and uh, and then you know we were selling advertising into these airports, but it was really like you know just figure. And nobody knew like people were like how how do you do it and i'm like i don't know i just started calling around and figuring <laughs> out like they were like how'd you deal with the unions and i was like what union yeah. like i didn't even know right. that that world really existed which you were too young to know all those details too young and sort of not um you know and and, and again i think we'll we'll get more into this but i think it's actually worked to my benefit because instead of actually knowing what all the rules are and all the different people that you have to talk to. And, you know, I've just, like, kept going, right? Like, I didn't stop and say, like, I barely heard, okay, union. And then, you know, most people would say, like, oh, you can't get through because the unions, right? Instead, I was like, I'm going to go meet with the unions, and I'm going to go talk to them about these monitors, and then they're going to tell me what they need, and we're going to tell us tell them what we need, right? And yeah. it was just a very um, – you know, interesting time and sort of once it actually got through, I mean, CNN was like, I can't believe that this is like the stuff that you were working on and or how you, you know, ended up discussing with these guys to make this happen. And so anyway, so so uh, so I was there for a few years and then uh, actually met my husband um, in New York. And uh, it was his idea to come out to San Francisco because he wanted to do technology law. And everybody was saying, graduated from NYU and everybody was like we should you you should go out to uh, San Francisco so we got engaged and I came out here and thought okay now what am I going to do am I going to stay with CNN am and I going to what year was this so this is the end of 1994 oh okay and so, so still very early for internet certainly totally technology. and um but all the law firms were like look there's going to be this thing called you know intellectual property and trademark and and so you should really uh, go to San Francisco, and then you can come back in a couple of years. And and so, I wasn't even looking for a job. Um, had a, had a, just figured like for the next year, I would or six months, I would plan our wedding, and and we were planning on uh, trying to figure out exactly. We thought we were going to get married in Arizona, and then one day I picked up the Wall Street Journal, which was another thing that I, you know, while I thought that there were certain people that wrote to sort of. Um, simplify things I, in the finance world, you know, in addition to sort of going back to my fortune days, I felt like um, there was this guy, Walt Mossberg, who wrote sure. for the Wall Street Journal, and yeah. he wrote this article about this guy, Steve Jobs. Mm -hmm. And uh, and I had been following Steve and sort of everything going on at Apple, and he was not really a household name at that point. I mean, he was sort of going up against the 
you know, the Microsofts, the Bill Gates of the world. And, and uh, anyway, so I, uh, there was this article that Walt wrote about uh, Apple and how they were, uh, that how Steve had this idea at Apple to actually take graphics and put them on a disc. And so that the consumer who was trying to load up gra graphics for these online services wouldn't even know where the graphics were coming from, whether they were on the hard drive or they were like sitting on a disc, but they were just told insert the disc and then mm -hmm. your computer would be upgraded. And so I, uh, this, it was a project inside Apple called on Passant and there were two guys that actually three guys that worked inside of Apple and they had taken it outside of Apple and started this company called two market. And, uh, and so, and Apple just let it go. They just said, look, it's, you know, an interesting idea, but we're focused on, you know, the machines versus actually the software mm -hmm. that was going to go in there. And, uh, and the article actually talked about some other services, online services that I was familiar with, like CompuServe and Prodigy. Sure. And uh, anyway, so I, I just picked up the phone for the guy that was, uh, had worked at Apple and that was quoted in this article that Walt wrote. And I said, I think this is so interesting. And, you know, I'm, I'm not looking for a job. I'm just super interested in, in actually understanding how, you know, you guys are planning on making services like CompuServe and Prodigy that I've been on more graphically interesting and potentially like, how do you actually add advertising to it? How do you make money? And uh, he said, oh, come down for lunch and, and let's chat. And so I did, and uh, and it was it was interesting. This guy Ted Leonsis, who uh, was the president of America Online, was down there that day, and he said, "So, huh. you know, you moved to San Francisco, and you know, the office, uh, this two market office, was in San Mateo, and uh, and you know, what like what do you want to do?" And I said, "Oh, I'm planning my wedding. I'm not really sure. I'm just sort of like exploring all these different opportunities, but I think, you know, this whole idea that." you know, Steve thought about like putting graphics on a disc is just really, really interesting and really cool. And I was, you know, at CNN, really interested in sort of the advertising side of things and how to actually make money. And so, uh, so anyway, we all went to lunch and, and uh, I kept saying, okay, okay, slow down for a minute, like explain, I'm less interested in sort of the engineering side of this. I'm more interested in sort of how you actually survive and make money. Uh -huh. And I think Ted at this point and said, uh, and there was one other guy with us at lunch. He was like, uh, he was like, you, you guys should hire her because she's so concerned about making money. <laughs> and so he was like, this is a good idea. And so, uh, it's so a great job interview. Yeah. And so I, I ended up getting an offer and, and, um, got some, you know, this thing called equity and I didn't really even know what equity was. I mean, when I was living in New York, I didn't have equity in any right. of the companies that I was working for. So the, they, who hired you, AOL or the, uh, no, so this little company called two market and actually market, at the time, okay. um, AOL had invested a small percentage into this company Two market and Apple still owned a big chunk of it. And, uh, and then six months later, while I was working there running sort of their business development, going out to retailers like The Gap and L.L. Bean and 1-800-Flowers and some of the others, um, AOL came and acquired us. And so we needed more money. And, and th then basically Ted came up with this idea for, for AOL, which was channels. And so there was a person that was running news, there was a person running shopping, a person mm -hmm. running. And so I was running all of the business development for shopping to go out and get partners for um, for that channel. And so 
I was living in San Francisco and uh, had my wedding and, and was just, you know, having like a lot of fun actually going out to retailers and talking to them about like, you know, this is the next wave and even if you have a catalog business and a store that this is the way that the, this is the future and this is how people will be shopping. And at the time, I mean, you know, the World Wide Web that was out there was just so slow. And so <laughs> people were... Yeah, they called it the World Wide Wait. Right. Yeah. And so um, and so when we came in with this product, they were like, wait, like all my graphics can load up so much faster. And, and so that was sort of, you know, the hitch. So, you know, when I first got the role, I mean, it's funny, I didn't even have like a revenue target because it was really about, you know, teaching people um, about the internet. And we were trying to fill different categories and it's it's funny. I was just telling this story the other day. Probably my best story was we were really trying to fill books in, like the uh -huh. books category, and we had talked to Borders and they didn't want to work with us, and Barnes and Noble they were like hedging and on whether to work with us. And so we had heard about this guy, uh, or I had read about this guy, uh, Jeff Bezos, up in up in Seattle, mm -hmm. and so I reached out to him and I said, "Look, we're really interested. You know, he probably had maybe." A thousand books at the at the time that was, you know, in his database and you're talking about Amazon, just for Amazon, yeah, yeah, Amazon. And know. so, <laughs> and so, uh, I had an appointment to go up to Seattle to meet with him, and then uh, flew up there with a colleague of mine, and he's in this warehouse in in Seattle. We couldn't find the warehouse, so I'm like, <laughs> I'm just going to call the guy. And so I call him, and I'm like, Hey, um, I'm so sorry, I can't find the warehouse that you're in. And he's like, well, that's okay. We can't meet anyway. And I was like, what do you mean? And he said, well, it's just, it's really complicated. I have a bunch of bookshelves to, to set up tonight, so I'm not <laughs> going to be able to do it. This is like, you know, 5.30 at night or something. And this is, again, like 95 or so? Yeah, well, 90s, I'm trying to think. I think it was like 96 at okay. that time. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, so anyway, uh, so I said, uh, well, I'll help you set up the bookshelves. And he said, have you set bookshelves up before? And I was like, I have set bookshelves <laughs> up. Tri I mean, I, I hadn't ever set up a bookshelf, <laughs> right. but I was going to be able to figure it out. And I was already there. And I said, seriously, me and a colleague, have, you know, we just flew up from San Francisco. And it'd be really great if you could just meet with us. And we're happy to help you, like, set it up. So, uh, so we, you know, go in and, and we're helping him set up the bookshelf. And I'm telling him, you know, like, this is what we're doing at AOL. And I mean, I'm really trying to figure out he, whether or not he should actually be our book partner because it was a right. major category. And yeah. I'm like, I don't know. Like, Small I'm, I'm like kind of looking around. I'm like, so wait, let me ask you a question. Like, why did you decide to do this? And I'll never forget. He, he looked at me and he said, so do you ever go to a bookstore and walk up to the counter and ask the guy what book you should buy? And... I said, yeah, like, does he ask you what, who was your last, you know, what was your last favorite book? And I said, yeah, I guess sometimes. And he said, do you, like, do you trust him? Do you trust that he actually knows, like, what book to recommend? And I'm like, that's a really good point. Like, half the time, like, they'll recommend something random or I don't really know that author or whatever. And he said that that is the future of e-commerce, is that, we can help people actually to make decisions. Like we can actually do that by building a big enough database that you will actually trust the database more than you will trust the guy behind the desk. And I remember walking out of there saying like, 
probably the smartest guy in e-commerce mm-hmm. that I've ever met. Like it was like it was really really crazy. Like it was just and so anyway, he came on as our book partner, and uh, you know, and sort of the rest is history on on wow. Amazon. That's a that's an amazing story. Uh, if you're just joining us, uh, I'm Chris Sakalakis, and you're listening to Bay Area Ventures. I'm speaking with Kara Golden, the CEO and founder of Hint Water. We haven't talked about Hint Water yet, but we will. Uh, if you have a question for Kara or myself, give us a call at 844-WARTON. That's 844-942-7866. So you, you have this experience in the early days of the internet, um, setting up AOL's channels uh, and business development for e-commerce, and you're, and you're getting, you get this fledgling company called Amazon <laughs> to yeah. be your book partner after helping Jeff Bezos set up some bookshelves. So, uh, you know, everyone has those stories, Kara, come on. Yeah. Um, but so that was kind of, you know, it, that's how early the, uh, it was in the internet, but you, you saw something there uh, and your experience with uh, circulation and, uh, and advertisement was a great, a great way to, to match your skill set to the internet at the time which was and still is largely advertising-driven in terms of the revenue. Um, so uh, how long were you at, at AOL doing that? Yeah, and how did I get to Hint? So, yeah. so basically, I stayed on until 2000, uh, 2001. Uh-huh. And then, uh, you know, essentially all my former companies had rolled up into one. So going back to my time in <laughs> CNN, time Warner, and yeah. I was married to a guy who was at Netscape, and so... Uh, he and I actually were part of the transition team of sort of bringing all the companies and cultures together wow. uh, into one. And, and, you know, essentially the last year that I was at AOL, I had uh, I had two kids. And I was pregnant with my third and I had traveled over 300,000 miles that last year wow. while I was pregnant. And I just thought, like, there's a lot of great stuff going on in, in San Francisco, the Bay Area that I thought, maybe I just shouldn't be traveling that much and I should just like stay closer to home. And, and, uh, so I just decided, you know, it's, it's time. I mean, it, I also think it was like a time in the world where, you know, nine 11 hit and mm-hmm. I had a lot of family. Um, my husband's family is all in New York and I thought, you know, if there's no more tomorrow, like, would I be happy with sort of what, my you know legacy is and and what I've you know been able to do and and I kept saying to everybody you know I'm gonna I'm gonna leave I'm not gonna stay on for the transition of all these companies coming together and I actually took a couple of years off and Mm -hmm. and sat there and interviewed a lot with a lot of companies in Silicon Valley and I was really picky I would I was like I don't you know it's like a 45 minute commute. I don't know if I want to do it. You know, (laughs) I mean, now it's like an hour and a half, the same kind of commute. And, uh, I was looking at a lot of nonprofits and, and did a little bit of work with some nonprofits. And then I just kept telling friends, I want to do something that really makes a difference. And so while I was doing all of that on sort of a parallel path, I decided, okay, I've had my third child, I've lost the baby weight. And then I'm like, you know, I'm not the same weight that I was in college. I've like, you know, been working. I I work out, you know, half an hour to 45 minutes every day. I like eat right. I shop at Whole Foods and Trader Joe's and I'm doing all the right things. And and then I realized like I had almost gained like 50 pounds even after losing all of the baby weight. And so I decided, okay, well, I'm not working. So I'm going to really start dieting. And 
and I just couldn't lose any more weight. I was just stuck. I don't know if you've ever been in that situation where you're like trying to lose that extra weight and it just wouldn't do it. And so I went to a few different doctors here in, in the Bay Area and then also in New York and, and Los Angeles. Like, you know, I kept asking my friends, like, who should I see that's really smart that can kind of help me figure this stuff out? And uh, finally settled on this guy in New York, and basically, you know, his conclusion was that I had had babies too close to one another um, all within four years, and uh, and uh, that I was, you know, eating right, and, you know, that wasn't the issue, and I was working out, and you know, I wasn't running marathons, but I was doing just fine, but, you know, the key thing was that my metabolism had stopped, my hormones were just totally out of whack, and like none of it made any sense to me. It just seemed mm-hmm. really complicated. And, and, you know, I wasn't a science major and I felt like I just don't know if I really understand all of this. And so uh, he offered me um, some prescriptions, some injections, and I, I was just kind of freaked out by the whole thing. Yeah. Just thinking, I don't know if I want to do that. I'm not that old. And, you know, do I want to do that for the rest of my life? And it's funny, a friend of mine um, was at the Center for Disease Control, a roommate of mine from college, she's still there, and she had been working on a type 2 diabetes study, and at mm. that time, type 2 diabetes was probably 2% of the population, Wow! and, uh, you know, she just, she didn't even know that I had been to a doctor sort of like talking about things, not only weight, but I had terrible adult acne, I had no energy, I just like couldn't lose this weight. And so she was just telling me just casually about this like study that she had been working on and they were really, she found it really interesting because she had worked in like poison control and some other areas within the CDC, but she thought it was really interesting because they were really stuck that the typical person who was getting type 2 diabetes at that time, it wasn't uh, genetic that they could figure out and it was typically these people claimed to be drinking diet sweeteners. And so I thought, wow, like, I drink a ton of Diet Coke, and is that, you know, what my issue is? And so I uh, went back to this doctor, and I said, you know, I'm drinking a lot of Diet Soda. Like, do you think that that could be it? And he's like, no, 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 no. That's (laughs) definitely not it. And so I thought, well, I'm just going to go home and, you know, try and do away with the things that I'm just not sure about. And uh, Diet Soda was one of those. And I started drinking plain water, but even though I grew up in Arizona, I should have, like, been drinking water but I basically swapped it out for diet soda because I thought you know that's like it's close enough it's made up of some kind of liquid somewhere way (laughs) back right that it's probably water there's some water in here some water in there and so I um anyway so I that was the only change that I made I just like swapped that out I never took took any of the medications uh, when I asked the doctor about type 2 diabetes he said no 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 no. you definitely don't have type 2 diabetes I I now think you know, looking back, I was probably something called pre-type 2 diabetes. Pre-diabetic. And um, so anyway, I, I really was looking at, um, you know, trying to find what the what the problem was, but then just decided I'm going to go ahead and, and uh, swap it out for water. So I did that, and uh, basically two and a half weeks later of living this way, I lost over 20 pounds. And two and a half weeks. Two and a half 20 weeks. pounds. And so I kept wow. like thinking, is my scale broken? Like, <laughs> what's going on? And, and my clothes weren't fitting me. And it was just like, you know, I had lots more energy. Like, I just, I thought, wow, this is insane. Like, why is this happening to yeah. me? And Just hold on yeah. one second. Hold that thought, because we're going to have to take a short yeah. break. But hopefully people will be 
they're hanging on your every word right now. Um, <laughs> so we need to take a short break. Like I said, I'm Chris Sakalakis. Stay with me as I continue our, uh, my conversation with my guest this hour, Kara Golden. You're listening to Bay Area Ventures on Business Radio, powered by the Wharton School, Sirius XM 111. <laughs> Yeah, Deep Purple. All right. Uh, <laughs> I don't know why we're playing that, but welcome back to Bay Area Ventures on SiriusXM's Business Radio, powered by the Wharton School. I'm your host, Chris Sakalakis, Wharton alumnus and technology executive and all-around bald guy. Uh, my guest this hour is Kara Golden, CEO and founder of Hint Water. Um, before the break, we were talking about your dropping Diet Coke and moving to water, and in two and a half weeks, you'd lost 20 pounds. So if anyone wants to talk about that or something else, uh, we do have the phone lines open. You can give us a call at 844-WHARTON. That's 844-942-7866. Um, so let's get back to that. So you, you, you kind of had this discovery um, by dropping uh, diet soda and moving to water that you, you lost this weight that you've been tr- trying so hard to lose. So what happened after that? So, you know, I was as surprised as everybody else. And people are like, gosh, you know, how'd you lose all this weight? Like, you know, you're, you're looking for a job and you're, you know, are you working out all the time? And I'm like, no, it's so crazy. Like I just stopped drinking diet soda. And, uh, and, you know, by the time, uh, just a little over six months later, I, you know, hopped on the scale, my, none of my clothes were fitting and I had lost, uh, a little over 50 pounds at this point. Wow. And so I actually went back to the doctor in New York. And at this point, I thought, like, I'm really sick. And, and he said to <laughs> me, uh, right? Like, he's yeah. like, he, he's like well, maybe your medicine, like, maybe you're taking too much medication. And I said, oh, so I never actually filled the prescriptions. <laughs> and so I said, but I'm just, and he said, well, what did you change? And I said, you know, it's interesting. I was drinking a lot of Diet Coke. And, and then I just, like, got rid of it and started drinking water. And I would say that the, you know, that combined with, you know, things like I just had this realization around like chicken, for example, like the Whole Foods chicken was smaller and more expensive versus the Safeway chicken was a little bit bigger and like plumper and it just uh-huh. didn't taste as good. And I said, I've just like spent like the last six months really looking at not just, you know, this change and in, in I'm drinking more water, but also in just food in general. And and again, this was 14 years ago. I was way ahead. And, you know, my friends were looking at me going, you know, maybe you should go back to work. I mean, this is just, this is kind of a, you know, obsessed, you know, thing on sort of this food. But I was, you know, totally healthy and also had these uh, three young kids that I felt like, you know, I was be- very, very aware of sort of what I was putting into their body too and wanted them to, you know, really be, you know, starting off their life in the right way and not really being addicted to sweet, frankly, which is what I think it really boiled boiled down to for me. And uh, so one day I went into local Whole Foods here in San Francisco on Franklin in California, and I started talking to the guy stocking the shelves. And I said, uh, so I drink a lot of water with sliced up fruit in it to help me drink the water. And is I, I want to find this product that I can just buy off the shelf. And so I didn't want the carbonated version. I wanted a still version. And he pointed to this uh, product called vitamin water. And I said, no, 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 no. Like, I get why you're confused because it's called water. But (laughs) it's actually not water. It has, like, at that time, 
I mean, this was before the diet version of uh, vitamin water. It had more sugar in it than a can of Coke. And so he was just like really interested because I'm like educating him. And then I, you know, come home. I talk to, you know, my husband. I'm like, so I'm in Whole Foods. I'm talking to this guy. And he's like, so how many like times do you talk to this guy? Like maybe you should go get a job. Like you're talking to the guy like stocking the shelves at Whole (laughs) Foods. That's the only person that you talk to. And I said, no, I'm just really interested. And you know, he told me like on the cracker aisle, there's like these products. And we were like, I was just really intrigued and more intrigued with these conversations than actually, you know, jobs that I had been interviewing with in Silicon Valley. Because I basically like thought, that a lot of the jobs that I was interviewing for in Silicon Valley, they wanted me to kind of come and do AOL 2.0. And I thought, well, I don't really want to compete and blow up sort of what I've done in my past life and sort of do it an add-on. So so anyway, I, I just was just thinking about it all the time and was just really passionate about it. And I just thought, you know, if we could actually get people to drink water, that we wouldn't even be talking about, you know, a national healthcare system or, you know, any of those kind of issues. And, and, uh, so one day I just like came home and I'd been doing some research on, you know, if I could actually produce this product that I was pretty sure wasn't in the market. Again, there was some carbonated versions of the product, but they weren't using real, you know, fruit. They were using, you know, flavor houses, which, you know, that many of the flavors that are, were out then and are out today, were using things that, you know, weren't vegan, weren't plant-based. They they definitely weren't the fruits, and a lot of them yeah. were colored and lots of other stuff that I was real realizing. And so I came home and, and told my husband, um, so I've I've got it. Like, I know exactly what I'm going to do. And again, I had taken like two, two and a half years off at uh-huh. this point. I said, I've taken $50,000 out of our bank account, and I'm <laughs> starting a beverage company. And he said, that's, that's a terrible idea. Like, why, like, what, and what's the name of this company? And uh, actually, it really interesting. I, I said, so it's called Wawa. And so he <laughs> said, uh, for all you Pennsylvania uh, people out there, and he said, okay, so if you don't listen to me about anything else, like, don't call it Wawa, because they will, um, so my husband's a lawyer, a lawyer and he yeah. said, um, they will sue you if you actually, if this company becomes anything, and, and you'll never get the trademark anyway on it. And, uh, and I said, uh, well, that's really frustrating. He said, well, just keep talking to me about this idea. And I think he was humored by the whole thing that he finally saw that I was really excited about, you know, doing this. And, and uh, so I said, it's, you know, it's just a hint of flavor in it. We're, and then blah, 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 blah. And we're giving people hints. And I said, that's it. It's hint. And he said, four letter word. There's no way. There's no way that you will get that. And I said, the trademark. yeah, the yeah. trademark. And I said, um, okay, so I was really annoyed with him. And I said, so there's, like, you can't, your job is not to tell me that, you've already told me that Wawa is <laughs> a terrible name. Your job is to do your lawyer thing and file for this. And he said, fine, I'll, I'll do it. But honestly, like, you're just never going to get it. And I said, well, why you're, while you're at it, uh, file for drink water, not sugar as a trademark, too. And he, he's, <laughs> You know, that's never going to happen. And I was like, okay, do your job. Like, go and do that. So so he so he did. And then uh, and then I said, and by the way, next week I've I've uh, found this plant in Chicago, female founded um, bottling plant. And I'm going to go out there and try and bottle the first run. I've been playing around with it in my kitchen. But um, 
you know, I'd, it'd be really great if you'd go with me because uh, I'm pregnant with our fourth child and, <laughs> and uh, I've been getting really morning sickness and, and a lot of morning sickness and it'd be really great if you came out there with me. He was like, oh, all right. Like, wait, you're pregnant with our fourth child and you're starting a beverage company and like, where did this come from? And so I was like, well, which are you more upset about? Like, <laughs> about the two, the two uh, things that you had no idea that we were. He was hearing about both at the same time the same for the time. first time? At the, for the first time. Okay. And so he was like. <laughs> you know how to surprise a guy. Yeah. And so, uh, so anyway, he came out with me to Chicago and uh, saw the bottles rolling off the line. And, and he said, I get it. You know, you've been working in like bits and bytes for years and now you've got a physical product that you can hold and I get why you're why you're doing this and I said no honestly like if we could get people to actually drink water or drink a product like Hint we could actually as I mentioned earlier change you know health in America change health in the world because I've been addicted not just to sugar but also to for me it was diet sweeteners it was really being addicted to sweet for so many years and you know i really still believe this today that people like we have a problem as a society with sweet um we also have a problem with sodium and so you know you can i was you know joke that when i'm out speaking on this topic that it's you know if you throw a cupcake and a bag of potato chips down on the table like everyone can make a decision right for me it'd be the cupcake right. and um and actually for my husband it would be the potato chips and so, and yet, you know, that thing that you're most attracted to is probably what's keeping you from being the healthiest that you can possibly be. Yeah. And so, you know, we got the first bottles uh, off the line. I had, you know, going back to my, my pal at Whole Foods, I, um, I had convinced him that like, oh, I'm going to go do this product. And he hadn't seen me in a couple months. And then I came back actually the day that I was uh, delivering our fourth child um, in a C-section at two o'clock at CPMC. I decided so you went there before 10 o'clock <laughs> in the morning. Yeah. And uh, my husband came and was like, oh, my God, like what? You know, are you sure? He said that, you know, we're going to put the bottles on the shelf. And I said, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I really wasn't exactly sure he was <laughs> going to. So we went in and he carried my husband carried the, the cases in and. I told him, I said, see, I've got the cases. Remember we had this conversation? He's like, kind of, like a little bit. And I said, if you just put it on the shelf, because I'm actually to, uh, going into uh, have my baby this afternoon. And so I'll check back in a couple days with you. <laughs> and he didn't even put them on the shelf in front of me. He just sort of put them off to the side. And, you know, we left. And I wasn't sure if he was going to put them on the shelf. And then we actually got a call from him the next day. And uh, and, uh, my husband, Theo picked up the phone and he said, uh, uh, he was talking to this guy and I said, who are you talking to? Thinking it was my, one of my friends or my right. family or to somebody. And he's you. like, no, the, it's the guy from Whole Foods. And I said, what do you say? And he said that the product is gone. And I said, wait, give me the phone. And I said, Hey, who took the, who took the cases? And he said, no, like the, they're gone. Like someone bought them. And I was, I, I still didn't believe as an entrepreneur. And he, he was saying one person bought all well, of them? Well, no, like people had bought yeah. them, like, and uh, 10 cases, you know, over a couple of days. It was crazy. Wow. So, so anyway, I, I think at that point, you know, I thought we were off to the races, right? Like, I'm like, oh man, Whole Foods, you know, got it in there. And now like 10 cases gone, like overnight success. And, you know, there were so many things I didn't know. I mean, <laughs> the first couple of years, you know, I, 
I tell, uh, especially food and beverage entrepreneurs that it was like, I got my MBA and, you know, in, in beverage and I had no idea what distributors were. I had barely learned the lingo of like, you know, a, a bottler is not called a bottler. It's called a co-packer. And, mm-hmm. you know, these, uh, I'm holding on to a, a closure, but, um, I thought they were called caps, but they're actually called closures. Uh, yes. And so lots of little things that I really just had no idea until, you know, I sunk myself into it and. So this year, when your fourth child was born, yeah. and when you started Hints, what, what, what year was that? Uh, 2005. So So bring us a little bit up to today, and we'll talk a little bit about in between the last 13 years. But uh, tell us a little bit about Hint today. From that beginning, yeah. stocking, uh, personally stocking <laughs> the shelves yeah, and, and truly Hints to now, you have, just tell us a little bit, like, how big is the company? How many products do you have? How broad is your distribution? That type of thing. So... You know, I would say like the the one thing that I think, you know, is is uh, interesting to me now, it's always easier to look back on on history. I think when I left AOL, I really felt like I had, um, you know, I was pretty young. I was the youngest uh, female vice president at AOL. I, I felt like, you know, I had sort of risen through the ranks and done some really, really great stuff that I was really proud of. But um, I think part of the reason why I didn't really want to go on to do something else in tech was that I felt like I was ready to not be like, you know, the highest ranking person in the room most of the time and sort of telling everybody sort of what to do. I really was like thriving to learn, like learn a new industry. And, you know, if you talk to any of friends that I went to college with, like I never said I'm going to go be a beverage executive. I I never said I'm never going to even go be an entrepreneur. But looking back on everything that I had done, I was always like, the one that was, you know, I wanted to always figure things out inside companies and go take on those businesses that, you know, maybe weren't the coolest and sexiest things to, to sort of take on. And, and um, so anyway, so I, you know, we started, uh, my husband actually ended up joining me. I didn't know how long he was going to be there for. Um, he had left Netscape through the merger of companies and actually had gone on to um, to be the CEO of a small a medical startup company that he didn't found, but he had joined and spent a couple of years there before they sold it off to the Bosch Foundation. And basically, um, it was just the two of us, like, loading up cases in our Grand Cherokee and, and uh, working together and, and you know, really seeing, like, the, the challenges that consumers had to actually get healthy products. And, yeah. you know, like I said, there's Whole Foods was our first market, and you know there was Trader Joe's back then as well. As well, but I felt like everything that actually had like the consumer's eye was actually owned by one of the large soda companies, and even um, you know inside Whole Foods and and Trader Joe's to some extent. Like I felt like if they didn't, if they weren't owned by one of the big soda companies or big food companies, it was stuff that was just like super sugary or super salty right like there wasn't just like I didn't feel like the consumer's health was really you know in in mind and then I also felt like in order to actually grow our distribution unless we actually wanted to you know partner with a you know Coke or Pepsi or Dr. Pepper Snapple that actually had lots and lots of people and lots of trucks throughout the U.S. we'd have to be you know really innovative to try and figure out like how do we get there and uh you know I felt like 
it, it was it really worked to our advantage in many ways you know everything it's a longer story but everything from you know how we actually you know developed the first water product that used real fruit in it that didn't have any preservatives um, in the product things that were if we if I would have worked at a Coke or Pepsi before like I probably would have thought oh that can't be done but instead you know it was it like Basically, we were developing something, and we kept saying, could it be done? And I think that's, you know, those lessons I really felt like I learned in the tech industry. It was never about, you know, those things can't be done. It was like, let's get, you know, so-and-so in the room in order to figure out how to get something done. Yeah. So so you went back to your roots of, of figuring it out. Figuring it out. And so um, so anyway, so fast forward uh, thir- almost 13 years later, um, you know, we're private, so we don't talk too much about revenues, but our, mm-hmm. you know, many of... Uh, the press and private equity and public markets have said that, you know, this company's over a hundred million. Uh, we just crossed profitability. It took us, oh, congratulations. you know, a while to get there. And, um, actually this last year, um, something a little bit crazy. We, uh, I actually, I'll back up a little bit. Three years ago, I had a scare with, uh, skin cancer on my nose and, um, ended up, uh, trying to find the best sunscreen on the market and started doing some research with uh, research on, you know, different sun care products and, and uh, stumbled upon when I was doing the research, I stumbled upon this ingredient um, that the Center for Disease Control had actually suggested that the FDA not approve back in 1976, which, which was a uh, chemical called oxybenzone, which is in 97% of our sunscreens. And the Center for Disease Control had said that oxybenzone may actually exasperate precancer cells that live under the skin. And so I thought, well, I don't want to have a sunscreen that has oxybenzone in it. And so I'm going to develop, uh, I should just like make my own at home. And so um, one day I was drinking a hint and I thought, you know, I was drinking a grapefruit hint. And I thought if I could actually take the fruit from the water and put it into the sunscreen, it would actually create this great experience. And we you know, could develop a sunscreen without parabens and without oxybenzone in it, and that smells great. And a friend of mine who used to work for L'Oreal said, you know, this has to be approved by the FDA. And I'm like, how do I do that? And then I just download the forms. And anyway, fast forward two and a half years later, we got the FDA approval last year and and, uh, launched it in a couple of markets. Uh, It's in the Four Seasons, um, in, uh, in most of the Four Seasons. And then uh, we just launched a couple of weeks ago in Target Nationwide. It's going into CVS Nationwide in May. Wow. And uh, and so, you know, it's really as a, um, it's really exciting just not only as a CEO, but as a, as a founder, because I feel like what we've done for Hint, which is, you know, really Hint Water original product was really to help people figure out that they can drink water. They don't have to just drink plain water and not be excited about it and sort of force eight glasses down or whatever you've heard is the best thing. They can drink something that is just flavored for taste with using real fruit. Um, And then in the sunscreen, we're saying the same thing that, you know, if you believe that you should be wearing sunscreen, like why can't that experience be great without you worrying that, you know, you can like either the, a lot of the mineral based or, you know, different lotions, like depending on your skin color, they can make you look sort of purple or they, uh, they always just made me itch a lot of the mineral based sunscreens that are out there and they just never smelled that great or there was no sense. So, so anyway, we, we launched that and, um, really exciting. As I mentioned before, we, 
launched an e-commerce business a few years ago, initially with Amazon, and we're still on Amazon. You can get our, all of our products on Amazon as well. Or actually not all of them because they pick out which ones will be in their store. But a few years ago, we decided let's launch our own site on drinkhint.com. And the promise to the customer is everything that we do at Hint will be on there. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, that business is almost 40% of our business. Um, if you're just joining us, uh, I'm Chris Sakalakis, and you're listening to Bay Area Ventures. I'm speaking with Kara Golden, the founder and CEO of Hint Water. Feel free to join the conversation. Our phone lines are open at one eight four four Wharton. So you you started talking about uh, e commerce when I when I uh, interrupted you there. Yeah. Uh, as as a big part of your business, and you were you know in the early days of e commerce, you you ran e commerce essentially for AOL, um, and now you said it's what part of your business? How important it's is it? It's about forty percent of our overall business, and so it's and you're selling direct. So this is a product people can buy in stores or even in convenience stores right they're buying in supermarkets and other yep. places but they can also buy directly from you they can buy it on amazon but they can buy it directly from you which is unusual right and you can't like go to the coke site and buy coke can you no so and and i think that it's really been part of you know just in growing a you know cpg beverage you know company um you know there's a lot of challenges in and kind of breaking out because today, you know, typical grocery stores um, are, it's basically a real estate play. If you, you know, look at the soda aisle or the chip aisle or the ice cream aisle, I mean, it's, it's, um, it's very difficult to actually get your product in, in stores. And you have to pay for that frontage, right? To yeah. Pay for and we never space. had the money to do that. Yeah. I mean, we just like, you know, we would try it and we would get, you know, one or two bottles on the shelf and then we continue to grow. And in some places, you know, we're not as big. I mean, we're in a little over 50% of um, all markets throughout the country today. We're, um, you know, on college campuses. We're the largest beverage in Silicon Valley at tech firms. And, um, but basically, you know, the, the company has really, you know, it's, it's, it's basically when it's driven by the choice of the consumer where they want to buy it. I mean, a lot of consumers, there's still a lot of consumers who don't drink our product, but you know, the consumers that drink our product are typically drinking. I mean, it's crazy to even say this, but you know, if you ask people who like are real hint fans, they're drinking between five and nine a day. And so if you're drinking five to nine bottles a day, you don't want to carry all those things home. Right. And so you're, you know, it's great to have that case delivered to you. And, and, you know, today over the last couple of years, it's not just drinkhint.com, but you know, the convenience of being able to have heavy things delivered to your door, especially if, you know, you've got kids in the car or you don't have a car, right? right? It's, um, it's really nice. So that business has really taken off. And, you know, the sunscreen business for us, when we launched that, we just launched it online. And we went back to our database and, you know, that we had grown with Hint Water. And we said, hey, we're, you know, going to launch the sunscreen business and, you know, here's my why. And, you know, it started again with my story as a founder and, um, you know, it was crazy. I I mean, of our database and, you know, this was like in February of last year that we just barely sent out a note. It was like over 60% of our database actually like bought a bottle of Hint sunscreen. Yeah. And it's called Hint. So a lot of people... That's how much they trust the brand to go from water to sunscreen. They're different products. And that's, I mean, people have said, like, when did you know you had really, like, built a brand? And and I would say, like, when that happened, like, that for me was exactly what you said, too. I said, you know, it's a brand. 
it's like it's it's a brand that the consumer is saying you know we we trust to you know go out and buy um yeah so so it's exciting i mean we're we're getting ready to uh launch a few other categories this year as well that anything you could tell us so not yet, but uh, it'll be, um, I mean, my hope it. is that, you know, people will uh, really say, why didn't I think of that? Because it's, um, you know, it's, it's uh, we have health in mind, which yeah. is very, you know, frankly unusual for a beverage company or, uh, you know, to they, they just can't really say that, right? So, but we're really looking at, you know, ways in each of these categories to, to really just help people, you know, get the best health they can possibly achieve that's great it seems like you know while the company's been around for 13 years you're only just starting to to really grow it's like you're in this new growth phase moving from water to sunscreen to these other products it's pretty amazing yeah i mean it's you know it's a it's a story of look i've always wanted it to grow faster and faster it's sort of the you know the the challenges of being an entrepreneur right but i think it's um you know, we were fighting up against a lot of issues, not just the shelf space, but um, but also, you know, lots of issues around health and and lots of dollars that are put into, um, you know, frankly, tricking the consumer to actually think that these products are really going to help them get as healthy as they can get. And, you know, unfortunately, it's another topic for another day, but yeah. lots of lobbyist groups as well that I think really, um, you know, are trying to trick people. Well, it's great that you've been able to get the success uh, despite the competition. Uh, thank you so much yeah, for being thanks here. thanks so much, Chris. I we're, appreciate it. We're going to take a short break. For those of you listening in, coming up is going to be Andre Haddad, the CEO of Turo, who will join me to talk about how his company is disrupting car rentals. But in the meantime, I want to thank Kara for being here. Kara, thank you so much. Yeah, thanks. CEO of Hint Water. Go to drinkhint.com. And sunscreen. <laughs> yes, that's right. And order some sunscreen and water today. For more guest interviews, check out our Wharton Business Radio Highlights podcast on iTunes and Google Play.